Good morning, this is Pastor Kip of Millwood Church. Glad you could join me this morning, and, and as you know, next week, on May 24th, we will be back in the house of the living God. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. So tired of being cooped up in the house and preaching from my prayer room. I just want to see God's people and just have a great time of fellowship. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles this morning, <clears throat> please go with me to the book of Titus that's found in the New Testament. Titus 3, chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. I'll give you just a moment to find that. Titus 3, verses 3 through 5. Please stand this morning for the reading of God's holy word. The Apostle Paul, he tells us at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit through whom He poured out generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Father, we come to You this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeshua, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we praise You. Oh God, we pray that You'll send forth this Word today. Tear down the walls of Jericho by faith. Lord, we praise You this morning to remove the chains from those who are lost and bring them into a place of freedom that we have in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And the Lord, have Your way. Open the ears of Your people. Open the eyes of your people. Make a way when there is no way. We trust you now. We love you. And please speak through these lips of clay in the name of Jesus. And God's people said amen and amen. Now, this sermon this morning, it has a very unique way of looking at our text, to say the least. And so you're going to have to stay very focused on what I'm saying this morning and also use your sanctified imaginations. Otherwise, I can promise you, you could quickly get lost with these analogies that God has laid upon my heart. But it's not too difficult. Just listen. Listen with your heart and follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to begin this morning with this first little statement of the Apostle Paul who says right here in our text, at one time. If you would, everybody say at one time. But, but this, is, this, is, this is what we're going to be preaching on this morning about one time. Because unfortunately, this is a place. This is a place that we all know very well, at least most of us. The ones who are willing to actually admit it. In fact, 
one of the greatest struggles we have today in our world is called pride. Because you see, pride will never allow you to admit that you were ever wrong and that you had ever lived in a place called at one time. In fact, every one of us, every single one of us today has had a season of disobedience and ungodliness where we actually live for the passions and the pleasures of our very own flesh. This is the place where we got the word love and confused with the word lust. This is a, a place where, where pride and arrogance completely rule our hearts on a daily basis. This is when we, we said to ourselves, this is my life and I can simply live it any way that I please. Have I got down your street yet this morning? But Paul says, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, he says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. In fact, I personally lived here for a very long time, for 33 long years. Now, that's a long time to live in a dark place called at one time. But you see, I've met others over the years who have lived there much longer than I did. But you see, regardless of how long I lived there or how anyone lives there, I've never met anyone who ever regretted leaving that sad old place called at one time. And so today's message has a, has a strange title. It's simply called at one time. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, Neighbor, just out of curiosity, how long did you live there at one time? Now, honestly, I sometimes do feel ashamed of how long I lived there. But then other times I'm not ashamed of how long I lived there because it was through that season of my life is what actually gave me such a powerful testimony to give today. And this is what I have used over the years to help others to overcome the enemy in their life, to help them es escape this place called at one time. Like John told us in Revelations 12, 11, he said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives as so much as a shrink back from death. And another reason I'm not condemned about it is because my Bible tells me that in Christ there is now no condemnations who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And so what that actually tells me is that even though you can be saved, you can still find yourself under the condemnation of the devil as long as you're walking after the desires of your own flesh. And so don't give the devil a foothold today and learn how to walk by the Spirit of God. Paul says, Galatians 5.16, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Romans 8.14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. But also know personally that I'm not alone. In fact, until we all come to the realization that every one of us lived there 
in complete disobedience to God's will, we will never find ourselves living in the land of righteousness. That's what I like to call today our promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Because as some of you know, that right now there are many people, and I do mean many, who live throughout the world today, who at infancy, as a little tiny child, baby, were baptized by their church and by their so-called priest. And so in their mindset, in their natural way of thinking, they have always been right with God since infancy. And they truly believe that they have always lived in God's righteousness. But you see, that inheritance does not belong to them unless you go by the will and the Word of God. But you see, that is only in their way of thinking. You see, the Bible tells us that, that God said, Your ways are not my ways. Neither your thoughts my thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And also according to His Word, He tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the man without the Spirit does not accept the things from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Paul says, Romans 8 and 6, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Solomon tells us, Proverbs 14 is where there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Now I'm also reminded of the words of the prophet of God, the one they call eagle-eye, Isaiah. He says, if, if only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. In other words, never ending. In, in fact, I remember years ago once trying to share the gospel with one of these individuals from the land of at one time. And her comment to me was, was that she was good, that she was golden. And of course, I'm thinking to myself at that time, you're, you're a golden what? And I said, well, she's a golden sinner. Because you see, it, it doesn't matter how you wrap the outside of something because that doesn't change what's on the inside of it. Now, if you've ever been to my house, you know that in the very back, past my prayer room, you'll find that there's a really nice outhouse. I covered it with the metal that was left over from the new roof we got many years ago. It looks very nice on the outside. But regardless of what's on the outside, it doesn't change the stench on the inside. Now, that's a rough analogy, but that's getting real close to the truth, amen? It may look good on the outside, but it's full of what? Mm. Now, Jesus tells us in Matthew 23, verse 25 through 26, He says, Woe! Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence, you blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. 
And, and so regardless of what someone may think, and so regardless of how sincere they may be today, they are still sincerely wrong. Because biblically speaking, not traditionally speaking, and that's what they're standing on, the traditions of men, Jesus said in Mark 7 and 9, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. But the fact is, is that we all, every single one of us, were born in this dark place called at one time. And that place varies from individuals to individuals. David says, Psalms 51 and 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. But the main fact is that every one of us today needs to get our minds wrapped around the truth that we were all born sinners and we all desperately need a divine, holy, righteous Savior from the land of holiness. And even though Jesus... Himself was born in the land of, at one time, He actually came from the, the, the place even before time even began. And so with that said, every single one of us needs to come to that other place. The other place called repentance, which, which is just right outside of, at one time. And every single one of us needs to be born again in that little place born again is found at the gate called faith. But that means you'll have to leave at one time, come to repentance and go through the gate of faith. Because you see, you can't stay there and you can't live there at one time if you want to live. Peter tells us, 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping His promises as some of you understand slowness, instead He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Luke says, 3.19 of Acts, Repent, then turn to the Lord your God, and your sins may be blotted out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Jesus said in 3 and 3 of John, I tell you the truth, unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. Because you see, my friends, you cannot see the city of truth and holiness where the king of righteousness sits on his throne while you're still spiritually blind and dead. Paul tells us clearly in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God. 1 John 1 and 8, John says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And so our text says, At one time, we too were foolish and disobedient. And, and so what that means is that this land called at one time is filled with many people who are foolish and complete disobedient to God's word and will. Well, people are living, or walking around hating one another and also being hated. Isn't it amazing how much you could hate somebody, but while at the same time you're not realizing how many people hate you? And so according to her text, now, this place is a horrible place to live at. But how easy and how 
how easy and how comfortable we can get living there without even know it, knowing it. In fact, we see that Paul had not only lived there himself for many years, if you read the Bible, you'll see he lived there, but he was also deceived. But we also find him going through many towns, and one of these towns we find that he, he describes the people who live there as being foolish. Galatians 3 and 1, he says, You foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? He said, before your very eyes, Christ was crucified, portrayed as being crucified. Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. In other words, I'm living a crucified life. I am a testimony to you how you shall live. Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me in the life I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In fact, Jesus... He gives, a, a, gives us a good description of how this little town today is being built. He says in Matthew 7 and 26, He said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them in practice is like a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. And so Paul goes on to say today that those individuals who live in the land of at one time they are being deceived. They're being enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Now, when I think about being enslaved, I automatically think about being chained where I have no freedom at all. Where I'm owned by a wicked taskmaster who controls my life completely. Man, that's a horrible place. I'm telling you, I lived there so long and, and did not realize how chained and how dead I really was until I was free. The Bible said, when Christ sets you free, you freely indeed. Jesus tells us in John 8, 34 and 35, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And so ask yourself, what is controlling me? Sin or the Holy Spirit? In fact, we know exactly who it is that's behind all of the deception from the land of at one time. It's a king. A king of darkness. You know him as the devil or the god of this world. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 that the god of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. They can't see it because He has blinded them. You see, neighbor, the good news is that, that God has made a way to open your eyes. He, he's made us, he made a way to leave this place because our text tells us about an exodus into the promised land. Or verse 4 of our text says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit through whom He poured out generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. Take note of verse 5. Listen what He is saying. He saved us through what? The washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. 
And so back to where we began this morning. Notice that he doesn't say, he saved us through the sprinkling of a child. This doesn't say he saved us through the baptism service. No, not at all. He saved us, he saved us through grace, through faith, neighbor. He saved us through the rebirth, the rebirth of a man and a woman. He saved us through the complete renewing of our spirits. You must be born again. And so I'll tell you exactly how to do that through the Scriptures. Paul says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. He says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. In other words, He's the only way to the Father. And you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Can I get an amen this morning? And through that process, we find that you become a new creation. You're born again, born from above. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And so today, listen carefully. If you're still living in the land of at one time, I'm asking you to leave and come to the place of righteousness. Come to Jesus Christ, the only Savior, who will wash you, He will save you, and completely renew you and fill you with His own Spirit and change you from the inside out. The Bible says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out devils in your name? And Jesus said, I'll never know you. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. When you come before the throne of God, God's going to be looking for His seal. The seal of the Holy Spirit on your life. Are you covered in the blood this morning? Have you been saved? Have you been born again? Are you trusting in the traditions of men? Or are you trusting in the commands of God? Where He tells us that we must be born from above. Born again. I'm not saying that you do not need to be baptized. Because Christ showed us that is an example. But that example is a pattern to show the world that I was that I died with Christ, that I was buried with Him, and I rose to walk in newness of life. And so if you have not been baptized, we need to do that as well. So I ask you right now, in the name of Christ, if you want to be saved, just pray these words this morning with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that I have sinned and fallen short to your glory. I know that I've trusted in everything but you. And so I ask today to save me. I put my faith in what Christ accomplished 2,000 years ago when he died on that cross. When he was buried in a tomb and rose to walk in newness of life on the third day according to scriptures. 
I put my faith in what he has done. I trust in what he has done. Now save me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life that no one can erase. I love you, neighbor. God bless you. I'll see you next Sunday. If you're not part of this church, I don't care where you live. You need to make your way out to Roy City, Texas. Millwood Church. And I can promise you next week, you will find yourself in the will of God and you'll find yourself hearing a word from the Lord. God bless you and keep you. Amen.